Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the witch Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, from KMA Talk Radio, episode number 424 on this fine Saturday morning. We are broadcasting from sunny South Florida, and I am with my always trusted cohorts, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and none other than the man they call the GOAT, Alex Tavella. Every time I introduce you, I'm tempted to pronounce your name wrong on purpose. You'll pronounce it wrong anyway. Oh, I, I, I don't. He's, got. he's teasing. He's teasing. Fancy. He's teasing. Is this your first time smoking it? It is not. I no. mean, we, we well, we smoke the the prototypes and whatnot, but the samples, yeah. samples. Press release will be going out later this week. Obviously, we'll make sure that William Cooper gets his first. But we are very excited about this 17th installment. 16th? 16th. I think we said 17th. 16th, 17th, I forget. 16th, 17th. Installment of our MicroBlend series. Yeah, it is 17th. Our 17th installment of our MicroBlend series. Very proud to have worked with AJ Fernandez on this project. And uh, press release will be out next week. Look for it at the end of this month. My man Alex and I are going to smoke one of these. And Paul, since... You suck. You don't get any. <laughs> I have. I actually have a bunch of cigars with me for my trip. I I, I told Paul. That was Alex, a good idea. I told Paul yesterday, Alex, that his his days of COVID living is over as far as KMA is concerned. So, somebody has to housebreak him. Somebody yes. has to just yeah. Do the, it. This this crap is over. After he gets back from this trip, he's going away on. We're having KMA meetings back here in Boynton Beach once a week. This call-in whenever he's hectic and busy during the day is done. And you're going to have to find a way to get to a studio or get somewhere because it's bedroom broadcast days. I'm in an office now. I don't care where you are. An office? The bedroom. It's Christmas there. What's with the Christmas lights? Uh, I'm in my, uh, so we wanted to get all the kids together. My cousins all have kids, <laughs> but we're up in Albany, New York. And they have this big, massive house here. So this is just one of, like, the five bedrooms upstairs that's kind of like an office. It's got a desk and everything. So I don't know why there's Christmas lights in here. I mean, nobody lives in here anymore. It's the, the whole house is empty. Nobody's lived in there since Christmas 1972, it looks like. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it would be better to have them on than off. At least there's, you know, a little something yeah. to look at rather yeah. than just me. Fucking William Cooper Disney Studios. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'd be great. If we have, we could get the budget to have me in Disney every weekend. That'd be great. Your 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 bedroom broadcast days are coming to an end, Paul. Relish, enjoy it. After that, it's back to the real deal. 
uh, I get to get out of the house, you're saying, right? You say that, but you never get out. You know how many times he's texted me? Dude, can we go? Can we do something? I need to get out of the house. Can we please? And he never does it. He never yeah. leaves. I've come to your house like you're once. You're going to be in, oh, I'm going cons- to stop by the shop tonight. Never shows up. Yeah, never well, shows first up. First of all, that's not what happens with Alex. With Alex, I'll say to him, hey, man, you're going to be over at West Palm tonight or you're going to be over at Boynton? And he won't answer me. And then at like 930 at night, he'd be like, what happened to you? You didn't show up. Listen, I had this same conversation with Abe yesterday. Okay. It's very simple. If I don't respond, assume it's a yes. Assume I got it. I don't like that method. but I get it. Whatever. I agree. I'm not saying it's the perfect method, but it's my method. If yeah, I, I don't, don't think, I think I think all communication requires a courtesy response. I don't give a fuck if it's a thumbs up. I got it. Yeah. I just assume if you don't answer, I assume it's a no. No, it's the opposite. That's weird. It's the opposite. It must be a South Philly thing. <laughs> I mean, I got stuff going on, man. I don't got time to find fucking thumbs up emojis and shit. It's such shit. I got stuff going on. <laughs> I got it. So oh, where yeah. are you now, Paul? Are you I'm, on the island? I'm in upstate New York for the weekend so our kids can get with all our cousins' kids and have a good time. So we are just outside of Albany. I think I think we're technically in Gilderland or, or Schenectady or I don't know what, maybe Altamont, somewhere around there. Oh. Well, so I, I wait, do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. So you drive up and then make your way back down? Kind of to the Hamptons or east. Or we don't live in. The, we don't go to the Hamptons. Stop. We go to the, the south shore of Long Island. Stop. It's, it. it's, it's slightly. It's just. It's like the middle of the island. It's like the right. In the, we will go to the Hamptons. We actually we don't go to the Hamptons. We go to Montauk. The Hamptons are too uh, crowded these days. But if you go out to Montauk, it's still like the old, like the East End used to be. Uh, the Hamptons, so- when I was a kid, there were a lot of rich people there, but it wasn't this like celebrity club scene and all that like. Now it's it's a lot different now. When I was a kid, the Hamptons were the Hamptons. It was great. And not everybody went out there. The Hamptons were the Hamptons. If there's any Long Islanders on watching the show right now, they'll know what I mean. The the difference between the Hamptons now and the Hamptons 20 years ago was a was a big 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 difference. But yeah, we we spend a lot of time on the on both forks, on the North Fork and the South Fork when we're here. I want the kids to grow up seeing where we grew up it's a great place to live man it's just crazy expensive well i can't say the same about where i grew up <laughs> don't you want your son to see where you grew up not not quite no he uh not, not, not really, at this age he's got to be a little he, bit older he's not really missing much in the land of south philadelphia so <laughs> it'll be a florida boy good food though good food yeah good food but you know good food Good heroin, good crack cocaine. I mean, it's yeah, no. Okay. Has he ever been? Has has he has been? Him? He's been been when we were young. We did the whole you know tour. We did the whole tour, but he was a little young. I mean, we'll get up there. He get up. I I don't go home very often at all. I don't think I've been home in like four years. Is your family up there? Yeah, they are. I live in they Florida. Come, I mean, it, it just, visit you? Yeah, they'll come visit here. But I mean, it just kind of makes sense there. You know, who wants to go to Philadelphia? Wouldn't you rather come to Florida? Everybody like goes. Yeah. Everybody goes to Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit. Wants to take a vacation to Philadelphia. <laughs> we did. We did school trips to Philadelphia. Isn't the Benjamin Franklin Museum there or something? Yes, the Ben Franklin Museum is there. <clears throat> that place is awesome. I, I remember going there a few times as a kid. It is no the, the the Ben Franklin Museum is the Franklin Institute actually as it's called is is very 
is a good. It's not. It's a museum, but it's very interactive. So that's a fun place. I took my kid there. I do guys say this. This cigar is tasting phenomenal right off the bat. Yeah, and I, I love the branding for the, the first so cool. for the first time ever. A smoking micro blend release will be released in two formats at the same time. We couldn't decide. That's really what happened. Yeah, we asked for it to be box pressed. They sent us samples in Figurado round and box press, and we said, "Fuck oh. it, we're doing both." Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Coop, Coop will have the scoop in the middle yes. of next week, one hundred percent. But I'll, I'll tell you, and I haven't been in, too involved in a lot of the micro blends, but you know, for this one, I mean, we really sat down and and we we just said like, this is kind of what we're looking for. Boom, boom, and they brought it back and it was boom boom exactly what we were had in mind as far as the cigar i mean, I mean really that's was. what they that's what they do best right i mean that's it's well awesome working with it was really like funny because we were talking with omar and i don't want to get too into it because we'll talk about it later but when we told omar it's like you know he's like you know aj doesn't like to be told what to do <laughs> i mean like literally like i don't you know we'll we'll throw it at him and next thing you know he he uh he sent us back samples and he said they not only did he taste it he loved it he kind of teased and he said that, you know, maybe we should become blenders. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll take, we'll take our one at bat. Well, yeah, right, we'll right, take right. our one at bat and walk right. away. Let me ask a question, Time did, to you, retire. did you mention like types of tobacco or types specifically. of Specifically. You just said, oh, you did. Specifically, okay. yes. Yeah, See, but we, you, you guys have enough, enough history in this, especially Abe. Like you can, you know what. Yeah, but we kind of like. concocted something like we took bits of stuff we liked and kind of Frankensteined it. And yeah. you know, we had no idea whether it would work or not, dude. Yeah. We have no idea of how different tobaccos work together. I'm not right. that I'm not that literate, you know, leaf literate. That's a new word, leaf literate. Leaf literate. Leaf That's actually good. Yeah, actually, I mean in fairness, you know, they could have came back to us and said, Listen, that you know, it sounds great, but that's totally not gonna work. It's gonna <laughs> right. Be, that's stupid. It's, it's not what you have, you know, and you what you think is gonna but no, it came back. Yeah. You know, exactly what we were looking for. It's that's gonna be so rewarding. It's the funnest part of my job. Yeah. Coming up with projects like this. Yeah. Or just whatever we do, promotions and whatever, even KMA radio. This is a great outlet for us. It's literally the funnest part of what we do. You know, my problem is going to be, I I, I don't know which one I'm going to lean more to. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the box press. I, I really like the box press. I did. I'm I feeling like the way it. you felt, but I, I'm smoking this now. And now I really like this. Does it smoke? Does it really smoke that much that, that different? I can't remember now because honestly, when we had done this, it had been what? Four months ago. Yeah. Five months ago. So this is literally like the first cigar I've had since four months ago. So, okay. I don't, so yeah. we smoked the two side by side before right. but i can't remember to be honest i tend to go towards box pressed only for like stupid reasons though like i i just like the way it feels in my hand well, and my mouth like i just like that the box was press. that was our request and then he tortured us by sending us it in two formats right that's i mean that's cool though i mean they they i, I like the idea of doing both so so people can choose from either the box press or the the round cigar no paul no paul so people can buy both well, I'm, I'm saying there's not like a mixed pack of, of box press. No. And, and no, 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 no. Yeah. What 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 I can't wait for is the only differentiating factor between the two packages is that word right there, Literally. round and box pressed. I've already told my shipping guys you better read it a thousand times. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> before you before you put it in a shipping box. Oh geez. 
Just put just Alex is gonna have to make like a big like big signs over the boxes, you know. With the, these are round, these are box press. Bro, you'd be surprised. You you'd be surprised the skill for somebody to mess something up. Well, good thing you have it a low back because he'll catch that. Yeah, the man is back. The man is back. They'll separate orders and probably fill two different boxes with one with box, you know, big boxes with box press packs and. I got. I got to tell you what, though. I'm big props to. Um, hey, listen. I always say that a time of crisis is when the cream rises to the top. It's always been the case, right? Yeah. And uh, I got to say, big props to Gary. Gary Brock in our shipping department. Yes. Yes. He I agree. Uh, he he only had one little, almost, almost. I'll say almost mini meltdown, but um, he rose to the occasion, man. You know, uh, you know, rallied the troops. Uh, they worked hard. It was we got inundated. We really do. I mean, the, the we are beyond the need for any kind of warehouse. It's unbelievable. And, and I, I, honestly, we got the best patrons in Boynton Beach because let me tell you something. They they don't they haven't had a half a store for like months now. Yeah, like yeah. literally. I mean, this, and what's even crazy is these last two weeks. Not only are they doing this side, but I've been seeing them unboxing orders coming in by the bar now. Oh, right, man. so, it's so like they're, they're fulfilling orders in the back yeah. side, and then all the new product from He's receiving on the other there. half of the shop. I mean, literally, they, our lounge has become like these people are sitting there having cocktails and smoking cigars. They may as well be sitting in a warehouse, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's, honestly, it's sad. Of, it's just like a high end warehouse right now. Our our humid. Listen, to me. I've prided myself. When I say pride, I mean like <laughs> utter utter pride. And Paul, you've been around long enough to know. Oh yeah. Unless it's like a, a display, like a purposely made display, there is never a box of cigars on the floor in our humidor. Right. Right. Like never. We find ways to put it away. We stock it up. We stack to the ceiling. Everything is like picturesque, Tetris, perfect. Yeah. And like when I walk into our humidor now, it's like I want to cry. <laughs> and there's nothing I could say. There's nothing. There's nothing I could do. There's there more is... product on the floor than a lot of shops probably have, have all together right stock period. i mean literally it's yeah. it's in disarray i mean i you know we have meetings every wednesday to see how the warehouse the walls are up you know they were finishing drywall but you know well, that's a plus yeah it's, it's 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 i have a timeline that was given to us at the beginning and they're already looking like they're two weeks behind the timeline but who the hell knows our friend austin from uh, good greek moving was there yesterday yeah i mean look it didn't phase me our didn't customers phase. are awesome i mean they really is no 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 one's been bitching no one's been complaining and in my in, you know in my opinion they got it right i mean it's not a lounge you know right but they're, they're right. just in, they're just in the mix of it having fun in yeah. awe of what's going on so well God plus me. it's got you know what your staff is so personable though in all honesty i mean that's one of the things that i think you pride yourself with People like having having them out there, and instead of being in the back, like it's nice to sit there and chit chat with them, you know, BS and smoke a cigar, and you know, have AJ and and uh, and Italo out there shooting the shit with everybody. It's it's always a it's always a good vibe there, you know. Like it's not it's not awkward to have them out there. Well, bodies bodies now are finally coming out of the woodwork for jobs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just starting. Really, it's just starting. People are showing up for interviews. Um, I'm elated. We hired two new bartenders. I watched them the last two nights in West Palm Beach. All stars. All stars. I mean, they are great, personable, great. nice. I mean, it's it's been hard. It's been hard. It's not just hard for us. It's been hard everywhere I've gone. I've seen. You know, I mean, everybody's problem is they can't find people who want to work these days. And 
at least in the state of Florida, it's looking like it's starting to turn a little bit, which will be good. Yeah, I mean, we we offer sales positions at my day job for um, for remote working now, so we're all we can you know pull from all over the country, and we've still had a really hard time. It's crazy. I don't know what it is. But you know, it's funny because what's interesting, even with the two new bartenders, we're still not really finding people that aren't working that are looking to come back to work. It's right. people working that want more work. Right. You, you're absolutely right. Very few people are coming across. Yeah, the I'm desk not working right now. I'm unemployed. Like, oh, you're no, absolutely they're like, right. I got a job. I want to fill more hours in. Yeah, it's insane. They're the go getters. They are the go getters. Listen, I want to bring one thing up before we bring our uh, our guest on. Is it about Alex Disney? I, what's that? Is it about Disney? No. Okay. Alex and I talked about this the other day, but what is Steve Saka doing torturing the people of Nicaragua, taking all these pictures? Steve Saka is having his fun. These poor people. I mean, they probably have no idea what they're doing. What, I don't, yeah, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I don't know what Steve's Spanish is like, but, it, you know, some sort of here, hold this and take a picture. Okay. Right. Well, let's see. But uh, Saka's having his fun. When is when is his return? When is his triumphant return? Who to, knows? He's busy making ashtrays. He's busy making ashtrays now. Yeah. Yes. Did you see? I, 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 I made a post. I made a post. Fuck your ashtrays. Fulfill our orders. <laughs> Seriously. Jesus Christ. He's got people carving. Listen to me. What's the You can, yes. There is a there is a melodrama with every mug, ashtray. Swag is like he can make an ornate process of book about all the trials and tribulations about the hardest to make swag ever in the history of any organization or business. Did you see the, Did you see his ashtray post? Oh, yeah. Did you see this, the video? This it, thing is stone. It's weighs right. a thousand pounds. Shipping is going to kill what me. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? <laughs> well, I I've, been waiting, I've been waiting for that other ashtray. For the last year, that glass ashtray that he set, showed prototypes of, which right. is a cool looking ashtray. He's like, it's not ready yet. It'll be ready when I'm ready. When I feel that the DTT brand is represented correctly. When he right. when he when he takes a tuning fork and he hits the ashtray, and it it resonates at the right frequency. Yeah, that's when that'll, that'll right. it'll be ready. That's that's the problem right now. That's where he's stuck at. On, on that's where that's where that's where it'll be that's where it'll be ready. It's so funny, but yeah, I mean, I saw those those posts and I was just thinking in my head. God, I hope you guys didn't put like, like something awful in that in that envelope. Then all these mm, people were holding it. Maybe we'll find out upon his triumphant on his triumphant return to Rome. We'll we'll find out. So I got to talk about the pink peanut, right? So this things like this this phenomenon has started in our social group, our Facebook smoking yes. social group, where and, and and I'm just letting people know outright, it has nothing to do with us. Totally there, organic. There's just like a random pink peanut in the. I don't know how big is that bag. What size do they call that bag of peanuts? I don't know, but it's about. I'm five foot six. It's, it's I mean, about it's, as tall as you. Yeah, it's almost as tall as me. Literally, it's like a yeah. five foot bag, and you put it on and, the ground. And like four three and feet. feet wide. It's yeah, a huge, it's huge bag. Yeah. So there's a random pink peanuts in them every now and then. So the phenomenon now is pe people are actually emptying out their shipments looking for the pink peanut. So now we've decided to start messing with them. And we literally bought a bag of green peanuts and we throw a random green peanut in. Which may or may not mean something. Which may or may not mean something every now and then. I wouldn't throw them away. But wait, I'll tell you something funny. One of our socialites photoshopped to make it look like he got a green peanut. That's how insane it's getting. Tim, Tim, Tim had all these, but we know it's not the real green 
the green peanut is a different, is a different it's a different, different shape. shape. So he literally photoshopped it to make it look like everybody. Had, I thought it was hilarious the extent that now they're going to have a colored peanut in their shipment. Yeah. Does that it have is, an? It is, it is very strange. I, I've seen a lot of that. So you bought the green peanuts because I thought I, I've seen that before, though. No, we literally we literally brought the green peanuts and randomly we'll throw one yeah. in a package here and there. And if I was a consumer, I may save them. You know. There may be something like if you collect 10 or 20 of them, there may be something cool for you. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I, you know, I, I, like to be, I like to be mystic sometimes, mysterious. A, a stone ashtray? Yeah, yeah. Collect 25 peanuts, we'll send you a stone ashtray. We'll have Sokka ship it to you, actually. Yeah, it direct. Costs, yeah, it costs more to ship it than it does to make it, I'm sure. Yeah, for a guy that paints himself over everything he does, he sure does a lot of stuff, that Sokka. He does. He does. He's a character. Busy, well, busy, busy boy. He, I think he said he was flying back this week, Alex. So, because he was going to get his COVID test yesterday. Um, so, when he comes back, I, so, I, yeah, mean, I think I'm looking he, forward to it. If he was getting his test yesterday, I think he's got like a three day window to return or something, right? Fucking yeah. So, he may, be in, he may be in our area or your area because that's usually flies into Miami like everybody else, right? Right. Right. But maybe you can do it live. Or maybe he can do it live. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, I don't know if he knows how to do it. He do it, does. Doesn't he ever even live? He does. He's live six days a week in he's some got, form or other. He's got his little brick studio in his basement. Right. Yeah, but he every time he's done like Dunbarton like uh, reveals and things like that, he has Kevin Shahan help him out with it. Huh. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know if he knows how to do it. Well. He'll figure it out, or he'll just torture us, and we'll figure it out for him. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everybody else is. But uh, another thing I'm looking forward to is meeting a first-time guest on the show. I love first-time guests on the show. They're all first-timers for me. Love first. Yeah, they're most of our first time first. But yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, not now. Now you've you've had some duplicates, I think. A little, but I've had one duplicate. At this, you've been with us over a year officially on the show, right? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's been that long. Oh, okay. Well, close. We're getting we got, there. We, we got to get Lars Teton back on for Alex. That was my official. That was his cherry popping. Yes. yes. I And I wasn't there for that one. Yes, Paul was actually, I, I didn't know that it was a precursor of what was to come, but Paul was in Disney at that time. When By the way, the I don't think I was in Disney. You can't deny it. You can't prove it. It's so a 50 50 shot. He's right, Paul. It's it's 80 20. I think I mean, 50 literally. 50 is really, I mean. But I do want to put something out there, little, little, little teaser because i'm not william cooper um so this year is our 10th anniversary our 10th year of kma talk radio so um you know obviously I we must not believe that i know and, and and by the way oh big news big news for all our long time let me pull up the picture for all our long time uh fans who've really been following us from early on when we were kiss my ash talk kiss my ash radio um our dearest and one of our original hosts, Lady M, has dropped her second baby this morning. Oh, she did. Nice. Yes. Nice. Congratulations, Emma. Lady I M. I saw she has... was going in last night. I yep. saw the post. That's awesome. Congratulations. Lady guys. M has dropped her second child. I believe that her name is Coco. So congratulations, Miss Beautiful Lady M. I'm so happy for you. What a blessing for you guys. And um, I even actually talked. I was talking with her this morning. Oh, I think good. We're, I think we're going to do a... Uh, you know, 
Where is Lady M now episode? Yeah, Bring her back should. on and talk about where she's gone since she's left uh, KMA Talk Radio. That would be awesome. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she's excited about it. Actually. She posted a video of her walking into the hospital. I saw it. And she looked gorgeous. And, I couldn't get I, over it. And I voted no that she wasn't going to have the baby. You did? I, this I think weekend. I voted yes. I thought I she voted would. no. She was two weeks early. That's okay. I mean, she, it's her second baby. So I like, know. That's it's more more likely that the baby would be early, I think, and on, on your second. So for our for our listeners who don't know, Lady M was a, one of the original three hosts of KMA Talk Radio, and, and as far as I'm concerned, the only female host we had. We tried replacing her with I think multiple people, which didn't work out, and then we said, "Fuck it, we'll just use Paul." Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind no, of literally no, what happened. No, no, no. It's I kind was... of literally what happened. I guess it was. I mean, I was, I was on the show. I was on the show in the background. Like, yeah, you were producing in the background, acting like a producer. And then when we couldn't replace her, we said, "Fuck it, we're just gonna make Paul a regular." We host. tried so hard. We had a lot of. We a did a lot, lot of lovely ladies. A lot of lovely ladies. None of them really made the cut. It's yeah. more like we're just. I remember that weird transition of. So, on the tenth anniversary, oh, um, we we haven't finalized a date. Because we're trying to work around Paul's bachelorette, baby shower, sister-in-law having a baby, work trip, uh, every other thing he's got going on in his life schedule. Um, but uh, it's going to be in the next few months. We will be doing, and for anyone who's in the Florida or Tampa area especially, mm-hmm. we will be doing our 10th anniversary celebration from the J.C. Newman factory live. They will be selling tickets to the event. Tickets will include some cigars. Um, come and watch the show. It'll include the factory tour if you haven't done it. And we'll have a little celebration of KMA's 10 years of broadcasting fun and news every Saturday morning now for a decade plus. That's crazy. So stay well, tuned. I- and especially if you're in Tampa, it's right in your backyard. We'll be there. We'll, as soon as we finalize all the news, we'll get it out there. Wow. I can't wait. I really, I, that was so cool when you told me about it. Yeah. You know, the Newmans will be on. We're going to have uh, all the Newmans, Drew, Bobby, um, Eric, they'll all be on. So it should be a very, very cool episode. And I think it's the first time, I can't, I think we might have had one of the Newmans on once. Yeah, we, we, had, once. we had Bobby on. Uh, once. He, but he called. It'll definitely be the first time for Eric and, and Drew and, you know, it should be a fantastic show. So I'm happy we didn't really get to have a 400th episode celebration because of COVID. So I'm happy we're able to do this 10 year celebration, right? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I'm, I mean, we may have listen. People can fly in for it too, right? They can buy tickets. So I mean, it might be worth coming. See, it might be worth seeing Paul live in a dress. Listen, listen. If we sell the event out, I would consider maybe wearing a dress briefly. I, I, I think it'll sell out because I'm not sure how much room they have there to do a live audience. I've never you know? been. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they got some third floor that they kind of have their own studios in. But we're, we're, we're piecing it all together. The folks at J.C. Newman are awesome. Drew Newman called me yesterday. Everybody's kind of excited about this. We're just trying to finalize that date because so much stuff is going on this year. It's it's crazy. So we'll, we'll get it together. But very excited about it. Very cool. Well, All right. Well, I think it's that time, Paulie. All right. We're going to bring on a first-time guest to KMA. Here we go. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, 
and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. And now for the first time on KMA Talk Radio, Mr. Benjamin Holt from Dissident Cigars. Ben, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me, guys. How are you guys doing? Good, good. How are you, man? Doing all right. Enjoying the finally beautiful Texas weather. Texas. Everybody seems to be in Texas. Texas is becoming its little own, like, cigar mecca. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's a lot of cigar shops here, you know, uh, great communities all over, you know, big cities. So they're all, they've all kind of cultivated uh, great cigar followings in this. State. What area of Texas are you in? Uh, right by Fort Worth. Okay, yeah, I've been there many times. Fort Worth, especially, actually, that whole area, there's a lot of cigar shops. I've traveled there for work a few times and uh, definitely enjoyed some cigars there. Yeah, the DFW Metroplex, uh, there's there's a high concentration. I think it's a, it has the highest concentration of cigar shops in the state. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. So, Ben, being that it's your first time on KMA, some of our listeners may not know your brand or your history. Why don't you start out with just telling us a little bit about your history and how you got into the cigar business up until where you're at today? Yeah, um, I, I first got into cigars when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, when I was deployed to Iraq. Thank you for uh, your service. Ah, oh, thank you. And, you know, enjoyed cigars on the, on my downtime with some of the guys there. And then when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, uh, not too long after I moved to Texas, went to college and worked at a cigar shop. So I was which, in retail. Which shop, which shop was it? Uh, TJ's Cigar Lounge right outside of Waco, Texas. Okay. Um, lived, the, lived there for a while, worked there for quite a bit. And that's where I kind of uh, – started really getting my, my feet wet a little bit in the industry and uh, got to meet a lot of new people in the industry through my knowledge. And then from there, I became a rep for Black Label Trading Company for a number of years for this for this territory down here. Um, and I was worked for them for about five years or so as a rep. And then the opportunity came to uh, move over to a brand owner position. Um, How did that opportunity? I mean, that's a big step. I mean, how did that opportunity arise? Um, you know, with Black Label, you know, there's Black Label and then there's Black Works and there's Emilio that we had uh, in, in that group. And we've always talked about adding another brand, but um, I was kind of looking around. I wanted to do more in the industry. You know, I had a lot of ideas and I would go down to Nicaragua constantly and play with tobacco and blend. And I really fell in love with that process of, of cigar blending and, you know, kind of came a tobacco nerd. And uh, I approached the guys that own Dissident because Dissident was a brand that was out there before. But when the FDA bomb dropped, they kind of ceased operations. Uh, who, who, was, who was running Dissident? Uh, the two guys that were managing it was uh, Gordon and Ryan uh, out of Wichita. They worked at Westside Humidor in Wichita, Kansas, and the owners of the shop. Uh, Jason and Neil were actually the owners of that brand and Gordon Ryan managed it. But when that kind of, you know, the FDA thing popped off, uh, they just decided to focus on their shop rather than a brand. So um, that was a shop that kind of had a brand that they were trying to make a, a national brand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was defunct for quite a while. You know, like I said, they, they ceased operations. And when I was talking with James of Black Label, um, it was just a brand that we thought would fit in the idea of Obeya Negra, you know, black sheep. Um, so I approached the owners and uh, we started negotiating and bought the brand from them and immediately began 
uh, blending and creating cigars and, and launched at the 2019 uh, did, trade show. Did they want an exorbitant price for the brand? No, no, not at all. They were they're really reasonable. Um, That's good. A lot uh, of times you get in a situation like that and they just think because someone wants to buy it, oh, it's got to be worth oh, You haven't done nothing with it in two years. Yeah, You exactly. know what I mean? It's like, you know, but and then you get in those like back and forth negotiations because everybody always thinks sometimes what they got is worth way more than what it actually is. Well, I'm glad they were reasonable. Yeah, and I think they were excited to see it back in the market too. You know, I think Good. they wanted they wanted its place. Um, so I kind of I went back to the drawing board and rebranded it, reblended everything, and kind of uh, you know just kind of started from scratch a little bit with it. But I, I like the idea that they had. I just didn't think you know with the FDA, a lot of people were scared of it, uh, what was going on, but. I decided to take the risk and uh, had a good support group behind me. I had a great factory to work out of that I've been working with for a long time anyway. So I was really familiar with everything. It all just kind of came together uh, pretty perfectly time-wise. So when you bought the company, was it in 2019? Yes. So when you bought the company in 2019, were you trying to stay true to what they had created in blend-wise, cigar-wise, or did you just start from scratch and completely revamp the brand? Totally started from scratch and revamped the brand. Because um, they, they made their stuff out of two different factories. Um, and I, what I wanted to do was highlight what Ovea Negro was capable of with the tobaccos that, you know, that, that they had and what I was already familiar with. So I just kind of went with what I knew um, already. And like I said, the timing was perfect. Uh, I bought it in January and then launched it at the trade show uh, that July. Now, you said Ovea Negra a few times. What is that? Ovea Negra, uh, there's two entities really with Ovea Negra. Uh, it's a Fabrica de Ovea Negra is the factory, uh, our factory down in Nicaragua. Um, uh, it's a factory owned by James and Angela Brown, uh, who also own Black Label Trading Company. Um, and then we've formed the Ovea Negra Brands Group, which has four brands all made out of Ovea Negra, Black Label, Black Works, Emilio, and Dissident Cigars. So you obviously have done this with the blessing of your former employer. They're making their factories, making your cigar. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. Good. That's a great way. Yeah. You know, we were, we had a great relationship. We still do, um, you know, worked with them. Got the, James was kind of my mentor a lot in this industry. Um, he showed me, you know, the ropes quite a bit with when it came to blending cigars, when it, you know, just, all of it. Um, and to have his blessing and his guidance uh, was, was the, you know, meant the world to me. Um, and it, it's all worked out very, very well. Like I said, all the brands come together and kind of give, you know, fit into that idea of what a black sheep is. Um, and they all kind of hit different ideas with it with, you know, black labels, very rock and roll, uh, black work is very, you know, hip hop. Uh, Emilio's a little bit new, New wave and and dissonance a little bit more punk more grunge. So when you went to create to recreate this brand, what were you looking for to develop as blend wise? I wanted to. I'm more of a medium to full bodied guy, um, and you know they do very well in the market, right? Especially out in the Midwest and stuff. You know, bolder flavors. A lot of people. Uh, really gravitate towards, um, but I wanted to. I wanted them to be all very distinctly different. Um, I didn't want any of them to kind of, you know, have the same kind of feel or same kind of vibe to them. Um, I wanted to kind of hit different demographics uh, and and different customers and give a little wider range of uh, flavor flavor profiles. 
Now, how many retail doors can you find your brand in at the current time? A lot. Uh, we're all over the United States, uh, more than 100 retail uh, partners, um, all the way from, you know, New England out to California. Um, we have on our website, oveanegrasigars.com, we have a, a retail map uh, up there with, uh, with all of our retail partners. Now, you were a brand new company in 2019, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. starting, you launched the trade show then. So you barely had a year under your belt and COVID hit. How did, how did that affect a brand new company, like literally just on its walking legs? How, yeah. how, bad, how, how, how did 2020 fare for you? We did good. We maintained very well. You know, uh, our, our, our partners, you know, they were retailers going through the same thing. And we, you know, already had good relationships with a lot of those retailers uh, as a rep beforehand. Um, so we did well. It sucked because that would be the year that I would uh, really would have seen some would have seen some more growth. Um, you know, especially for a new brand, that's the time you want to get out on the road, hitting up shops, strengthening those those partnerships, doing events and everything. And well, I got to I got to believe most of your accounts are, are, are accounts that, that weren't in the e-commerce or mail order business. And a lot of these doors closed for a lot of 2020. So that that didn't hurt a lot at all. Not because a lot of them adjusted. A lot of our retail partners who didn't have the e-commerce sites, they adapted very quickly. Um, they, they, they put up websites, they started, uh, doing, you know, doors, you know, uh, pickup services and everything like that. And they really, the vast majority of them really pivoted, uh, uh, quickly and adapted to the problem, uh, that everybody was facing, right. With COVID. So I was really proud of them. Um, and you know, the support that they gave to, uh, dissident and, and Ovea Negra as a whole, uh, you know, we, we still had a good year. Was it the was it the year I I, I wanted? No, uh, but I I can't really complain. You know, I'm I'm really grateful for it. God bless. Absolutely. Literally. Absolutely. Did you run into any production issues during this whole insanity? I mean, like basically everybody else in the industry. Not not really production issues. I mean, there were some uh, hindrances with uh, you know some shipping and stuff like that that kind of delayed things a little bit. But uh, we didn't really have too much of an issue with production. Um, you know. One thing I'm 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 grateful for with the factory and the size that it is, and uh, the connections that they have down there, they were able to maintain that pretty well. We got a question from a listener, Ben. They wanted to know. Uh, this is from Chris Danells. Are you starting any in-person events again, or are you going to be like our producer Paul DeGracco and be bunkered down for the next five years? Uh, no, I've been I've been uh, starting to get back out there. Um, I was just up in Philly area in North Jersey a couple weeks ago. Um, be going to Tennessee here next week, uh, down to Houston, and uh, you know starting to get back out there again. Uh, our reps are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, they're they're doing events. They've been doing events uh, for the past couple months already with with the you know within their limitations that they can with in their perfected territories. And then uh, next month, uh, off to the trade show. So you are going to the PCA? Yes, sir. Oh, good for you. Leave it to Casey Aldumani to ask a question that only a rep would ask. Total sales rep question. Total back-end question that half our listeners probably like, what? Casey would like to know, is your company a shared sales force with all the brands inside Ovanegra? Yes, yes, that's one thing that uh, we we do with uh, Obey Negro Brands. We share the same reps. Uh, we have uh, 
you know, it's, it's Ovea Negra brands in itself is kind of a brand. Um, and they're out there selling all, all four brands that are under that umbrella. So reps are selling all the brands that are made out of that factory. Yes, sir. But your company, your company that you split off, is it wholly owned by you or is it, does the parent company have part ownership in it? No, it's solely owned by me. Um, Good for you. I I own Dissident. Uh, uh, Black Label is owned by James, Angela, and uh, um, their team. And then uh, Emilio is owned by Scott Zuka, who runs our distribution. Um, But it's, but it's managed by uh, the Black Label team. So everybody kind of has their part within the whole umbrella, um, you know, to focus on and, and we all come together as a team when, when uh, we do say, you know, events, uh, we do trade shows, production, all that stuff is a unified front. It's a very symbiotic relationship. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, it makes sense because you can share between, in theory, what four companies share the costs that are sometimes exorbitant for for a small company like yours so i i get it it makes sense and and the distribution and sales that's it's actually a a a cool way to to look at it i don't know of too many others that do the same type of thing but that's i mean is that you know you own the brand is it is it a challenge for you sometimes to to you know because you have your own private brand and then you have this larger entity that you're technically a part of, but you're not, you know what I mean? Is, is that, has that been a challenge for you or no, because you've worked with them? It hasn't been that much of a challenge uh, because, you know, we have a history together. You know, we have, we've had a really great working relationship um, and we, we all share the same mindset. So, it, I mean, there's been difficulties here and there, sure, but nothing that has been, you know, hard to overcome, you know, um, we, like I said, we shared, we all share the same vision. Um, and we, you know, great teamwork with, with everybody involved. Right. So, so I, and this question is strictly on your brand because that's what we're focusing on today, right? You know, it's, it's, it's very much a struggle today to find your niche market. You know, one of the things I always try to tell people when they're, whether whatever business they're in, you know, part of the plan to success is to really know who your customer is, to know what, who you're selling to or who you, Who's going to be the recipient of what, you know, your end consumer is going to be dealing with. So what, what, what was your strategy? I mean, obviously there's so many brands out there. I, I've many times have called this the renaissance of the cigar business, right? It's a consumer market, tons of great cigars being made out there. Choices are endless. What was your strategy going into this to find your niche? Who was going to be your consumer? How are you going to differentiate dissident brand? So that it would find its following amongst everybody else who's out there today. My my idea with Dissident is, you know, one thing I've always, as a when I worked in retail, when I was a sales rep, one thing that I I always found was kind of uh, one of the problems of this of the industry that it has is growing the consumer base. Right? There's a there's a <clears throat> getting that next generation of cigar smokers involved, and that's kind of my focus. Right? Um, I want to open the door a little bit to get the, the younger, in a sense, uh, you know, those, those millennials involved into this industry. Cause I think that's, what's, you know, very important to with the, the longevity of, of the scar industry, right? You want to have those people there, um, buying your product and, and, and participating in, uh, the, the cigar community. Um, and, you know, it's something that, you know, Black Label had started and that I'm kind of piggybacking on that a little bit and expanding it. 
Um, and, you know, you, you always get those cigar nerds. That's what I started out on. And that's, what, you know, your base, your 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 core cu- consumer, your core customer is, is those nerds who want to try something new and who really want to get into the story behind it and the idea behind it. Um, <clears throat> so... Those are, that's where I, that's where I'm starting at. That's where I'm focusing at. That's why I'm keeping the brand small. I'm not, you know, trying to have 50 SKUs on, on someone, on someone's shelf. You know, I want to be more focused and, and more intentional with what I'm, uh, what I'm doing. Um, and it's been working out very well. You know, I think it's less overburdening for the consumer as well too. You know, they're not, you know, there's not too many Vitolas. They have to figure out what they like, what they don't like. Um, and the, the blends are flavorful, so they're they're getting something out of the experience of, of smoking the cigars. I have, I have a couple questions. First one's completely off topic. Forgive me, Paul. Is that a crib behind you? Is that a crib behind you, Paul? There's is there? Yeah. That's okay. where yeah. Office. yeah. But anyway, listen. listen I, I gotta say now, but he's he's moved. But about look at this. A few minutes ago, I was going to say all Paul needs is like a nice hot tea, some slippers, and a robe. The way he was leaning in his chair doing his interview, like he was all cocked back like this talking. I don't know if you guys, anybody caught that like about yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah. Like Paul yeah. was talking like this. So, Ben, yeah, yeah. I've had a cold for two weeks. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm tired. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, my other question was, so, Ben, you're you're out of Texas, right? And yes, uh, I know Texas has kind of become like the land of, of boutique cigars. Did did that uh, did that kind of play to your advantage? It seems like you know out in Texas, there's a, a big demand for kind of smaller, not these giant national known brands that that people gravitate towards out there. Yeah, there's a lot of shops out here that are more focused on boutiques, and that's kind of where I you know cut my teeth in the industry too, right? Um, you know, I, I was a big boutique cigar smoker. Uh, when I worked retail and when, you know, uh, so that is definitely worth my advantage. And I already had those relationships a lot to being a rep in this territory. Um, so a lot of people knew that about me. Uh, I kind of fit into that, you know, uh, this is kind of the area where I, I came into my own in the industry. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been a huge advantage for me. It's one of our strongest, uh, territories, honestly, is, uh, uh the lower Midwest, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, uh, that area. When, when you were in the in the Marines, you said you uh, you were in the Marine Corps, right? Yes, sir. So when you're in the Marines, that's is that when your your foray into the cigar world started? Yeah, um, I was you know in Iraq, and you know family and friends are always asking you know what kind of care packages they can send you, and I was like, please stop sending us toilet paper, please stop sending us toothpaste. We got enough of that shit, um, you know, and send us something, send us cigars because. That's our downtime. We would sit around the smoke pit and kind of decompress and get out of, you know, the shit, you know, forget about the shit that we were in and yeah. just sit sit around and enjoy a good cigar and and talk about home and, uh, you know, relax. Which, which reminds me, I'm going to say this now because, you know, I'll forget Alex got a million things going on. But we got to remember this week we, we got a, a huge cars for gunner shipment. We got to get out. So, yeah, um, you know, the number I don't know if this this is an old statistic in my head. I don't know if it's still current or not. But back when we started our Gars for Gunners program, cigars were the number two requested thing by the military as far as care packages. Number one at the time, I believe, was coffee. Okay. So 
we started our Guards for Gunner program. It's a great program. Um, we work with Cigars for Warriors because while we can collect the cigars, it really was a job trying to find people to send them to. You know, we had a link in our website. If you, you know, your service, send us your APO, we'll put you on a list. But Cigars for Warriors has a phenomenal network of how to get this in the right hands of people serving abroad. So we, what we do is we send them our cigars and they distribute it. But we have a great program called Guards for Gunners. You go to our smoking website, go to Guards for Gunners. Everything is pretty much at cost or some, some stuff below cost. Um, we don't believe in making profit on donations that are being made to military. So if you want to donate cigars, it's the place to go. There's like 14 or 15 different SKUs, and we change them once a quarter every few months. We mix it up. But if you know, next time you even place an order with us, if you just want to add a little GFG, a Guard for Gunner package, we throw them in this big box, and once every few months, we ship it off to gar, uh, Cigars for Warriors. But, yeah, number two requested item for, for military personnel. How, how long has Cigars for Warriors been around? I don't know. Good question. I mean, I, I've known about him for a very, very long time. In fact, I don't know why we, we had didn't... him on not too long ago. We did. We did. Yeah. I, I don't like, know why we didn't work well, with them earlier. That's my question, like Ben, when when you were serving, was that kind of a, where where were most of your cigars coming from? Was it literally just hey, send the cigars, stop sending toilet paper, or were yeah, there was, programs yeah. like that? No, it was uh, it was family and friends that we were that we were doing at the time. Um, I think you know I was over there in 2006, 2007 in Iraq. Um, I don't think Cigar Tour was around then, but I don't. I think it was uh, early 2000. Uh, 10 11 or so i think when they started coming maybe so it was um, literally just hey you know thanks for the toilet paper send a few cigars yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the american society's infatuation with toilet paper <laughs> i mean seriously there's like some major infatuation oh look who's back alive on facebook again Habibi? No, Diana. She had a break, oh. man. We hadn't seen her for a long time. I thought she had moved out of the country for a second. She is back, alive. Oh, yeah, there she is. Yes, good to see you here. Looking lovely she, as always, my dear. Hey, short she stuff. Said, uh, she was escaping the Facebook drama for a little while. I revel in it. Facebook drama? No. Haters going to hate. Listen to me. I tell you what. Up, I mean, Paul knows because you know he, he's been doing the show a long time. I was, I was in that mix of being in the drama, stirring up shit, whatever, and I just got so tired of it. I don't know, like if you noticed, like in the last two years, I don't talk about anything that's going to stir up. And I'm going to tell you something: I've just enjoyed social media so much, goddamn more. I block people who always make posts that 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 are just you know controversial. It just it's not needed. Not needed. Life's been so much better, and 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 we've been good at keeping that out of our social group too. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really nervous about that. Everybody's been very respectful, man. It's been a very comfortable, fun place to hang out. Our our, our uh, smoking social group. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of revel in the drama and the arguing, but like nowadays, I'm just so afraid that the wrong comment will, will yeah get you thrown in Facebook jail. It's not even worth it. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. Uh, Ronnie Haysha. Well, Ronnie Haysha revels in the band. I mean, he's I feel a, like every he's a career criminal. Ronnie's like a career criminal. Week, every other week, he's in Facebook jail. Yeah, Ronnie's a career criminal. Him and Matt Hartzell. Matt Hartzell and Jeff Dunlop. I've, I, have you ever been put in Facebook jail before? Not yet. Nope. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I've had a couple, three days. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A what did you say? 
Yeah, I want to know. Political stuff? Uh, probably, probably. I'm sure. You know, remember, I I land on the political scale of you know, hard conservatives think I'm too liberal. Liberals think I'm too conservative. Right. The libertarian yeah. in the room. You're perfect. So. For, you're perfect for the shit show. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You're perfect for the shit show. Absolutely. All right, we got to take a break. I got to tell you what, nubbing this thing. Yeah. Which is not. I got an hour out of it, which makes good. Two will get me through the show. Loving it. So um, we're going to take a short break. After the break, we're going to find out what's going on with the scoop with Coop. Also, we have our wonderful segment, uh, As the Record Spins by Albo Cigars, and we'll be asking Benjamin the very special question provided by Eddie Guerra himself. So don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium to full body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Oh, it's just you. Who doesn't love a, uh, a shower sip of a good glass of wine? And our friends over at KMAWines.com, they have some great wines from Bonner Private Wines, like this, Sunal, from... And winery that's up 8,950 feet in the air, one of the third largest vineyards in the entire world. You know, we work so hard. You gotta relax, you gotta enjoy the finer things in life. A great cigar, a really, really great wine to pair it with, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. So check out KMAWines.com, you get a discount because we know each other. We're buds, we're pals. You get a discount on shipping, you get a discount on products. KMAWines.com and Tell them that Paul and Abe sent you. Uh, I'm going to be late back to the show while I finish this and finish the shower. So, see you at KMAWines.com. Rerun, Paul. I, I really got to say, I, mean, I can't lie, I'm just slightly disappointed in you. Everybody you know, likes a good rerun. That's a classic. Dude, let me just tell you something. The fact of all your Broadway talk, all the shit you've done... All the work. I really thought that when I gave you this project, you would run with it. It's like a thirty-second skit once a week. Project if, and a project and a budget. And he got a budget. You know, and, and, and we've come up with what four commercials? I think five. I mean, come on, dude. Very disappointing for a guy who I just thought would revel in this, use some of his old skills, enjoy writing a skit. Thirty-second skit, man. My, you want one, you want one of my kids to write you one a week? I bet you they could. That would do be it. awesome. I'm going to have work. Petra. No, actually, Zane is my writer. I'm going to have Zane write you like 10, 30 second skits, and then have and then have them come and help me. No, and then I'm going to give it to Steph because obviously she's the one that gets shit done. Clearly, clearly. I bet you if I told Steph we need one a week, she'd make you do it. She's the she's the reason why I'm in a different room now. So what? I'm just letting you know. 
Why did she make you change rooms? Uh, because there's a crib in that room and the baby needs to nap. Oh. There was a baby in that crib while you were doing the show? No, 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 no. He wasn't in there, but he's got a nap now, so he's got to go in there. There's, I think there's seven bedrooms in this house, something ridiculous like that, and he has to go in that room. I'm like, really? I picked the furthest room from everything. It was perfect. You didn't know the baby was going to have to take a nap during the show? Uh, he usually doesn't take a nap during the show, actually. He usually takes a nap at, like, noon after the show, but he's got he's got a touch of my cold, too. Okay, so, so uh, I'd like to do a survey right now, a KMA uh, survey. Here we no, go. no. No, this is this is a legitimate survey because I know a lot of people, and I, it's just a concept that I could never, ever, 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 ever fathom in my life. But it's done by a lot of people. So us four can answer here, but then I'd like to see the listeners see what they say, right? How many people take naps when they can or can or, or, or practice taking a nap in the middle of the day? Oh. Well, it's not. Now I know you I know you I know you definitely do, Paul. No, I, I honestly I never took a nap in my life until I moved to South Florida when I So that's uh, a yes. No, but I don't take naps now. Like during the day I don't have time to take naps. When when the so kids on a weekend a on a weekend when you're not working, right, during the day, you don't sneak a nap in on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon? No. There's no time. There's no time. But, okay, because, say you had time, would you be a napper? I can, but I don't nap like I don't get into bed to nap. I had a listen, we've talked about maybe we haven't, but I was in therapy for a number of years back in the day. And I remember my therapist said, like, the number one thing that you should not do is get into your bed other than for bedtime. Like, my wife, my wife likes to take naps. I never understand. I'm gonna go like my down wife does bit. too. Like, She'll get what? in bed and like, yeah, get under the covers. What and is everything. that? Yeah, Alex, I would do you that. a napper? I can't even sleep at night, let alone nap during the day. <laughs> you don't worry. When the new baby comes, you'll you'll uh, you'll get some sleep because you'll be so goddamn tired. That, it's irrelevant, dude. There's nights that I'm like, you know, I'm up till three thirty, four o'clock in the morning listening to my, you know, sixth history podcast. Can't fall asleep, and then I'm like, okay, well, at least I know tomorrow night I'll be dead, and, I, and then the same right. thing happens tomorrow night. So it's just become a part of my life. I, I used to be that way too. But and 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 in fairness, when I when I commuted to Manhattan on the days that I commuted on the train when I didn't drive, I did sometimes sleep on the train because it was a forty-five minute train ride, sometimes an hour train ride. So I did I did nap on the train sometimes. Okay, that's falling asleep. Like I could yeah. fall asleep in a car, a long car ride. But I'm just talking about consciously saying I'm going to take a nap. No, never, never like get into my bed. Get I mean, look, the there are some people who are saying napping is essential. Yeah. I love naps. Are you a napper, Benjamin? Hell yeah. I, I don't get that. I don't nap every day, but, you know, usually on like a Sunday or Saturday in the afternoon, you know, if it's a nice day or something. Yeah. I think there's so, a there's a photo of me taking a nap somewhere in Nicaragua on a hammock that I look like a, you know, a dead guy. Well, well, I can see that, though. I, I have to imagine coming from a background of, you know, where sleep is at a, a premium and far and few in between. That's true. You, might, you start to kind of appreciate being able to get a little sleep in when you can. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I can never for me to say I need to lie down or something has to be physically wrong with me. I, I mean, Abe, you'll I've seen you fall asleep in like a nice armchair before. Actually, that's not a nap. That's like exhaustion. Like you pass yeah. out. That's not you know a nap. Where I saw Abe fall asleep one time. You, I don't think you even know that I was there, Abe. 
we we had a meeting. I, I don't know when you're in the room ninety percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. We had a meeting one time um, at at the West Palm location when you first opened. It wasn't actually even open yet. Well, that's probably I why I was exhausted from opening up the working yep. on opening the place. And you were in. You were at Real Clips, and I walked in, and I was saying hi to Andre, and I was like, "Wait." Oh, in the barber chair. Oh, Abe takes a nap in the barber. That's that's where Abe naps in the barber yeah. chair for sure. Yeah. He was passed Once out. that hot rag goes on his face, I know no. that he's asleep when it comes yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe it. And it was noisy in there, you know. Like you know, real clips is a hopping place. There were a lot of people in there. The you know the the video clips were playing, and he was passed out. When I get tired, nothing can wake me up. My college roommates used to have fun, you know. The and I didn't believe them because there was no video on the phones. You know, back then, whatever, man, right. literally, like, it wasn't until, like, every single person told me, yeah, dude, we were all doing it. But, you know, those, like, beanbags, you know, people would sit on the floor. I would pass out on a couch somewhere. They would throw one on me, and they would all take turns, like, running across the room and, like, Superfly Jimmy, Superfly Jimmy Snooker me, like, jumping on the bag, trying and to wake me up. up. No, nope. yeah, it was funny. I remember when we were on the uh, on the car ride back from Naples from Rocky's birthday party. Abe was actually texting somebody and fell asleep. And wound oh, up sending that person oh. like 175 emojis, literally. Yes. Back to back, yes. Fell asleep with his, I guess, his finger on it. Just kept sending shit. Literally sent like a hundred gifts, emojis, oh whatever. So and I woke up I'm like, oh, dude, I am so sorry. <laughs> I fell asleep while texting. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I'll do that. Like sometimes I'll sit in my chair. I have a really nice Barca lounger that I just got, and I'll sit in that and and like catch myself falling asleep for like 10 minutes but other than like specifically going to nap i, I don't i'm most susceptible in car rides yeah, and, and i think that has to do with my childhood because i grew up working in the grocery store like since i could walk with my dad so like on weekends like he would wake us up like at six in the morning to go with him and it was a good like 25 30 minute car ride to work so i literally did everything i could not to fully wake up like, I would get dressed. I wouldn't eat breakfast. And, like, my dad would be sitting at the kitchen table eating breakfast. I would take the keys to the car and just go to the car and lie down and go to sleep. Because <laughs> I just tried not to wake up to squeeze an extra 30 minutes of sleeping. And I think that that's what made me, like, car rides could do it to me, man. They put me out. Okay, if somebody's not talking to me or whatever, I'm out in the car. Hey, which, my, which my poor son already suffers from. My yeah, son, can, my oh, son yeah. my, we can be here, and he will be asleep before we get out of this complex. Didn't didn't Carmine mention something when you guys were driving home last Yeah, week? so I had Carmine last weekend. Uh, Alex had a date night, yeah. so uh, we watched Carmine, oh. I, and we were invited to a friend's house. Yeah, so. I met a girl at the bar. We went out last. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Carmine. And of course, on the way home, I, I got the two kids because I'm dropping Carmine back off. So I got Asher and Carmine, and my son's asleep before we get out of the development. And I, I said to Carmine, "I says Asher asleep." He goes, "Yeah." I said, you don't want it? You don't take naps? You don't fall asleep? He goes, no, I don't like to sleep. I said, well, you don't like to sleep? Why don't you like to sleep? He goes, because I might miss something. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on anything. You don't That's like a smart sleeping. kid. That's a smart yeah. kid. He, he, Carmine, I got to hand it to him, man. He says some great shit sometimes. Cracks uh, me he's up. a king at a one-liner sometimes. Uh, cracks me up. So, Abe, Abe you, so you started your first job essentially was in the uh, your father's grocery store, right? Well, I mean, technically, that wasn't my first well, real job. But that was yeah. where you first. What yeah, I mean, you, my first job—I worked at a movie theater in high school. That was Paul, a pretty cool gig. 
I was a movie guy. I would love to. You're gonna that. make. I don't know if I want to talk about my first job. Uh, gonna, oh, 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 come on, Paul. That wasn't you even. A, you I didn't can't even embarrass have yourself any more than you have already on this show. My first, my first official job was when I was 16. I think I, I were. I had done like side jobs and stuff when I was 14 and 15, and like you know when I would come up here to Albany, we would do like farm work, like picking apples and stuff. But my first like real job was a telemarketer. I sold oh, no. chimney. I, I sold chimney cleanings. I was a great telemarketer. I worked telemarketing. My first telemarketing job was a signature group, which was an affiliate of Montgomery Ward. If anybody can remember what Montgomery Ward was, but they sold they sold insurance. They sold a bunch of stuff, and I was Slayer. I was a Slayer telemarketer. I, I was, sold every. I sold everything from Pan Am when it was an airline passes right. to Big Bird beat books for Sesame Street to everything. I remember selling a woman a Sesame Street beat book. It was called a beep book. Like it was, kids would read it and they would touch the wand and it would beep if it was right. Yeah, or yeah. Like the woman started the conversation telling me that a tornado just tore off the ceiling of their house a couple of days ago. She's looking like at the sky from inside their home and she ended up buying it. I mean, it wasn't even a hard sell. It, that was like the easiest product I ever sold because when you're selling something for kids, every parent wants it. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's a, every it's a parent wants billion it. dollar industry. Even I in sold, I sold this thing called Life, Life, Lifeline. Life something, but it was a thing to help people quit smoking cigarettes, right? So they would buy this like unit and they would like for like two weeks, every time they had a cigarette, they would like tell it and then it would slowly wean them off after like a two week programming that, period. Not a terrible idea. And it would beep when you could have your cigarette and it would show you you have so much time to your next cigarette. Oh my God, sitting there. Wait, hold on. So wait, my, my job was to call people who bought it the first time because it didn't work for 90% of the people. 95% right. of the people and sell them the new improved unit. Oh God. The second time. Oh yeah. I've had some terrible telemarketing jobs. We, but my, listen, my, man, I was, I was 16 years old making, I mean, all my friends were working at, you know, McDonald's or wherever, which were great jobs. But we, I think we made like $13 an hour back in however long ago that was. And then you made 30 bucks for every chimney cleaning you sold. I would, I would walk out of there. I, as a teenager, I could walk out of yeah. there with 2000 bucks for the week for working four hours a night, Monday through Thursday. Yeah. It was, it was a lucrative job. I had no idea how lucky I was. I hated it, yeah, but I was really good at it. I mean, and we didn't do our money. area. So it wasn't like I was calling my friend's parents. We did Westchester County. That's where the company was based out of, but we are the telemarketers were on long Island. So it was, it was a weird first job. I didn't know anybody. I, I don't know why. There. I don't know why you thought that was embarrassing for real. Yeah, that was, I took your first job. It should nah. be like, what was your first job, job Alex? My first job was uh, actually in a in a bakery, but for for a fourteen year old, it was it was kind of a fun job. The only thing I did all day long was, um, you know, they made they made uh, a whole lot of cheesecakes for for oh. restaurants and stuff. So when you make cheesecakes, you make them and then you throw them in the in like the freezer yeah. and let them set. So my job was the next day. Literally, I would just play I'm with the torch all day. Yeah, you would have to get the torch and kind of yeah. heat up the bottom of that metal and to be able to pop the cheesecake out. So I, I played with torches all day long. At like fourteen, that's okay. actually pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. And Benjamin, what was your first job? Movie theater. Movie, that's right, movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you know, have my to first kick people out. Huh? Was that? Did you, did you ever have to kick people out of the movie theater? That's yeah. Stuck in? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, there were. I mean, he's found some really gross stuff in movie theaters too. Oh, I can you imagine. Know. Movie oh. theaters got to be one of the most skeeviest places. Yeah, uh, we had to kick people out for drinking in there, and you know, other. Always did. Yeah. I, in high school, I always drank in the movie theater. Every time we only drank in the drive-throughs, like we would go to a drive-through, load up a car with beer. Oh, that makes sense. We didn't, we didn't have drive-throughs. I, oh, yeah. I didn't have. A, I never went to a drive-through. Drive to Florida. I've never went now to a drive-through drive here. 
I've never been to a drive-thru. My first job, non-family job, was I was a comic book kid. So I'd like to try to make a few bucks selling comic books. So I would, there was this old car wash called McLean's Car Wash, right? And it was just this two-lane, simple building. It was one of the ones where the cars rolled in, it caught the tire, it would drag them through, they would come out the other side. And there was a guy right. inside who would scrub the rims and whatever. So I would load up my backpack with as much dry towels as I can. I'd ride my bike there after school. And I would stand outside with towels and dry people's cars for a dollar. You know, I'd make 15, 20 bucks maybe in an afternoon and have enough money to buy comic books. And then one day it dawned upon me, um, you know, not every car lets me dry their car, right? But that guy inside, he gets a tip from everybody and he makes an hourly pay. So one day there was a help wanted sign. I was only 15 at the time. I had to fake my own birth certificate, changed it so I was 16, and then I got a job inside the car wash. That was my first job. And then when I officially turned 16, became legal. My first legitimate job. I thought it was a glory day because I went from 335 an hour to 385 an hour. I got a job with Marshalls in the women's shoe department. Oh, my God. Wow. That I cannot imagine. <laughs> you want to know what a living hell on earth is? Go work a women's shoe department in one of those stores. Those oh. are brutal. All they do is pick up shit in the wire racks. They drop it down. They put their feet in. It doesn't fit. They go to the next one. They would just leave a slew of 40 shoes by the time they walked away. You weren't luckily, fitting them. You weren't fitting them, were no, you? No, no, no. It was all like self-service. Marshalls. You know, there's no fitters. Yeah. But they would just drop them on the floor, see if their foot, foot would fit. And the, yeah, I was Al Bundy for like a summer. <laughs> Literally, Chrissy, I literally was. And then I got <laughs> upgraded because of my skills from the grocery store. I said, like, you know, they need cashiers. I said, you know, I've been working at a cashier since like eight years old. So then I got upgraded to a cashier. But yeah, that, that was like my first legitimate job, Marshall. Wow. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. All right. That's well, funny. Listen, Benjamin, uh, Alvo Cigars and Eddie and the Eddie Gear and the fine folks from Alvo Cigars have a wonderful segment called As the Record Turns. Eddie Gear has a very special question for you, and we're going to run that now. Benjamin, do you have the new? Do you have the new? Yes, document? I do. Yes, okay. I do. I, I would. Sure. I would have realized that you had the same question. I would have texted you by now. But thank <laughs> you for checking that I didn't read the exact same question from last week. Perfect. What a great after the thought producer you are, <laughs> Benjamin. Here's the question from Eddie Guerra. Which has there been a trip or an experience that has had the greatest impact on your life? I will give you a few seconds to think about that because these are all pretty deep questions. But we're just looking if there was a specific maybe trip you took, something, some experience that you had that really had an impact, a significant impact on your life and you know the course it's had and where you are today and you know got you to where you are today. I mean, there's there's been quite a few. Um, you know, I've I've been blessed growing up being a military. I was a military brat, so we traveled around a lot and lived in a lot of different places. Um, the one that had the biggest impact on my life, whether for good and for bad, was probably, you know, those those seven months I spent in Iraq. Uh, I was a, those were, that was a pretty, you know, life-changing uh, 
experience for sure. Um, you know, it's filled with a lot of good things and a lot of bad things, but uh, they really help. And especially as a young man, they really helped me focus on what was important in life. You know, uh, all those kind of uh, uh, the naivete as most young young people have kind of faded away and the reality set in a little bit, which, uh, like I said, for good and for bad, um, it, it, it was I got to meet a lot of interesting people, made a lot of life uh, long bonds um, with those guys I served with over there. Um, I would have to say, yeah, probably, probably Iraq for sure. I think a lot of veterans who've been over there, it's probably one of the, probably the same answer. I would, I would have to imagine just being in the military has an amazing impact on anybody's life. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I was a military brat. My mom was in the air force. We moved around a lot. We lived in the Azores. We lived in Japan. We lived in Guam. Um, you know, when I went into the Marine Corps, I lived in Hawaii, went to Thailand, all these other places, but, um, which was all great and, and, and fun filled adventures. Um, but, uh, you know, if my brother was in Iraq as well too, my, my brother-in-law, uh, was there and, you know, that was probably a big, big event, you know, not to be a downer, but, you know, he passed away while I was in Iraq and he was in Iraq as well too, killed in, killed Sorry in action. Sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, that really was a thing that brought the family together. And, you know, like I said, really made me focus on, you know, the important things. Uh, family is the number one thing to me. And that was one of the, the, the reality, you know, that, that that's when the reality really set in on, on the importance of that. Um, but at the same time, it also taught me a lot of things that you can overcome, right? Like, uh, another huge impact was, you know, with all the stress and things that you go through, uh, in, in those kind of situations, you really get, you know, you you walk away amazed at what you can uh, overcome, you know? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can yeah. imagine it shapes, it shapes your whole, your whole life. Ben, when you're when you're in Iraq and your brother was your brother there at the same time? Yeah, my brother-in-law was there. Um, I was in Al Anbar province on. Uh, uh, we were the um, landholders of the port of entry there with the, on the border of Jordan, and he was in Baghdad. Uh, and I was there in country a month uh, about when he died, uh, April first, two thousand seven. Did you were you ever able to see him while you were there? Or it was just too far away. And yeah, and too not... yeah, too far away. Uh, he was at towards the end of his tour there. He'd already been there almost a year at the time, and he had a couple more months before he was rotating back. Um, but you know, April first happened. He was part of a quick reaction team. Went out to respond to an IED, and another bigger IED went off and uh, killed all four people in the vehicle. Uh, so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Booth always talks about how he, he always like harkens back to his military service. Like it, even though obviously it's been a long time since he's been in it, it, certain things always come up. Do you find that too? Does it, does it shape and help you throughout your life, especially in business? Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that the military is really good at is putting this sense of structure, right. Um, and setting goals, and to, to achieve and keep moving forward, right? Even when you do get these hurdles in life and in business, uh, you know, you have to kind of, you, you look at the situation a little bit more focused, a little bit more logical, right? Um, and you're able to create, you fall back on that structure again and, and, and adapt to, uh, to implement a structure and, and to, to go forward. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, it's a, one of the most honorable things I ever did was join, you know, joining the military. And I am grateful for every moment of it, especially for a young guy like me, you know, uh, had a really blessed childhood. I was really grateful for the experiences I had. Um, but having that in there, I think has real, you know, th those, those ideas that it instilled in me helped me a lot throughout my life, uh, helped me adapt to a lot of the changes that life throws at you. Well, That's great. Many. I mean, we hear that from a lot of folks, right? Abe, I mean, the, the structure is something that sticks with you forever. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, many gratitudes to you and your family who seem to be enveloped in servicing this fine nation. So thank you so much once again. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Uh, is uh, Coop on deck, Paul? Coop is on deck. He is ready to go. Let's, you let's, just uh, let's, give me the let's, word. Let's see what his Wi-Fi connection is today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Music. The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. And joining us from, I believe, yes, his home, his he's, home studio. He's back he's home. He's looking good already. He's looking crystal clear over there. Coop. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, Ben. How's it going? Doing all right. How about yourself, Coop? Good, good, good. All good here. Coop, you you know Ben, right? Have Sorry you, about have that. You had him on the show. Yes, yeah, Ben. We've had we had Ben on the show last year. Um, cool. and uh, you know, uh, ben, Ben's done a great job with his line, and um, uh, you know, there was a lot of following with the, with the dissident line prior to when Ben had it. He had a big like cult following, and Ben's kind of just captured that. And I think just continued it along. It's this brand continues to just have a a following and i just remember two years ago when he launched at the trade show we were all looking at dissident 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 and uh he he really didn't disappoint if you haven't had the cigars um they're excellent cigars thank you well coop i just want to let you know I'm, I'm gonna make sure i send you the press release first well, no, no, you, you, so I don't have to read about it on, on Half Wheel, right? Oh, we're going to send it to you first. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, listen, don't blame me. Don't blame me if Half Wheel watches the show and puts something out based on what we said on the show. No, our, okay. official, our official press release will go to you first. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, 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 I nubbed it. I nubbed it to death. There you go. Death. This is a good cigar. That, that actually, to be honest, for people that don't know, that actually says something. If Abe if Abe nubs a cigar because it's not that he doesn't like all cigars it's just that you know he gets distracted and he, I, don't I don't have think the patience to finish a cigar. Well, I usually finish it on KMA because that's the best time to have a cigar. I'm relaxing. Yeah, no one's barging in my office every three seconds to ask me questions. I don't have to get out and put it on a fire. I, I usually finish whatever I smoke on KMA. But yeah, that's why I don't light during the day because I yeah. end up rel relighting the same cigar like 322 times. I'm sm <laughs> I'm smoking an ashtray by the time I'm halfway through it. Yeah, exactly. So, Coop, what is the scoop? Well, there's actually announcements of cigars coming out at the PCA, this year, which is, um, I guess, a welcome thing, considering, uh, you know, we want to see some new product there. Uh, let me start off with a couple of companies that normally you don't hear a lot of releases out of, but they have something at least coming out of the trade show. And I'll start with Ashton. And in their San Cristobal brand, they've just released a Churchill size of the Quintessence line. So this is going to be a 7 by 49 cigar. Um, and the Quintessence line is a Habano blend um, that's 
uh, blended at um, my father's factory in um, Nicaragua. So kind of the first time Atkins made really a product announcement at least in a year. They don't do a lot of product announcements, but this one's already hit the stores and it will be showcased at the trade show. I'm, I'm going to say something here, and I, I most likely probably shouldn't. I feel compelled. Um, probably, I'm probably going to get a few phone calls this week about it. Sathi <laughs> is probably going to roll over and cry. But is it me or are they like the most unexciting company in the industry? There should be a lot more excitement with that brand. I mean, it's like nothing. I would agree. I would agree. It's like, um, I believe that I believe there's what the cigar industry is kind of doing, and then there's Ashton. It's like they're in their own little Ashton verse. They look. You know, they have some really good products. I mean, the VSG. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, has, I'm not discounting their products. I'm not saying. But, but uh, bad about their I products. agree with you. I agree with you. There's not I mean, a lot Ashton, of. Bu- Ashton VSG for the longest time was one of my most back when it was really really hard to get and it was an allocated right. product. Like we would get shipments in and I would open them up, put them on the shelf, and look for the darkest wrapper. But but how long are you talking about a cigar that came out over fifteen years ago? You know, Coop. I mean, it's yeah. just it, like I don't know. It's we have great stories, and then they, you've been doing my show how long? This might be the first time I can even remember you doing an Ashton story. No, it's right. It's about four years, and they really haven't done much in four years. There was there was one, I think, release they've had in that time. Yeah, I mean, if there was symmetry, probably. Well, yeah, symmetry, is ba- symmetry, is ba- symmetry goes back even further than that. Yeah, and it wasn't. You know, I mean, look, oh, if yeah. you gave out yeah, if you right. gave out awards for like the least excitement, they they would win it. Yeah, I mean, we plan on visiting the Ashton booth at the trade show, and we would welcome the opportunity to finally have a conversation with them. Sathi don't like it. We've been asking him to do KMA. We've been asking him to do KMA for like 10 years. Lady M would approach him every time, and he would say, yeah, I'll do it. Never did it once. Right. I mean, we would welcome the opportunity to talk with them. I mean, We'll try, and we'll see what happens. Have they never talked to you at the trade show? No. Well, that that, that says it all. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's, a lot of media has struggled to get to. It's not just me. A lot of media has struggled. It's, with it's them. almost. It's almost. They think they're beyond it. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand the Ashton culture on any level. Yeah. Now, I mean, I have good relationships with the Ashton reps and stuff or, that I've worked with, you know, locally and stuff. So that's not really the issue. But I guess this is just not their thing for whatever reason. A- Alex, let me know. If we start getting the tons of back orders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, they're not gonna come on the show now. Yeah, <laughs> listen, it's been ten years. That ship's kind of sealed. Paul, right. I kind of gave right. up on it. The cigars, right. the cigars are good though. I think I actually think that the first great, uh, no, maybe it wasn't great smoke, but you had given me a couple of them at one point, Abe, in like a in a pack of cigars that you gave me one time. I think you gave me like ten or fifteen cigars, and two of them were Ashtons, and I had never smoked them before. I I very much enjoyed them. I've had them since. They're good cigars, but. You're right. You really don't hear anything about them. You know, Casey, it's not just the media. Casey makes a comment. They will not embrace a cigar. It's not just the media. It doesn't even seem like they're embracing their consumer base. They're just not embracing anybody. I mean, they don't embrace their retailers. Right. You know, they really don't. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 they just do their thing in some obscure, locked-in-a-cave way. And listen, I mean, they're happy with it. It works, but... I just got to call it out. I mean, if you want to talk about the least exciting company I ever dealt with, it's those guys. You know, we, we there were companies, though, I can go back three or four years ago that were in the same boat and in the last few years have kind of come out of that shell. So I'm kind of just hoping maybe they'll, Ashton will be next. I mean, that's kind of what I'll be optimistic on. 
Well, moving on. What else you got, Coop? At least they um, sent you a press release. No, they didn't. <laughs> 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 you take some signs on, on major releases. <laughs> and this okay. is another one that I didn't get a press release on either. Um, I had to dig for. Uh, Oliva, um, another company that doesn't do a not, lot of new releases, they are going to have an extension to the Siri B line coming out at the PCA trade show. It's the 135, 135th anniversary edition limitada. Um, so this is going to be a, uh, a figurato, and it's going to be an inverse figurato. So it's going to be tapered at the foot, and it's going to have a rounded, uh, rounded cap. Um, and it's going to be on, in the Siri V uh, blend, which is one of the more popular ones. It's, it's supposedly a limited release, but it's quite a big limited release. They have 15,000 boxes of uh, 12 counts. So there's going to be a lot of these cigars out there. Um, and we priced at $10, and it will be showcased at the show, and you can expect to see it in the fall. It'll be so limited, you'll see it blown off for forty percent off. Within I say I'm being bad today. I'm being bad today. Oh, we want that, Abe. That's good. I need that kind yeah. of uh, honest, yin and yang. Honest, yeah. Yeah. honest Abe. You know, honest like, Abe is back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never left the building. All right, here's another one for you, Abe. Illusioni Cigars has announced their PCA trio exclusive. Um, and it's actually not a new cigar. It's a Candela version of their. It's a C, It's a, it's a CG4 size of their Illusioni Candela. Uh, so CG4 is like a five and five eighths by forty six cigar. It's found in the original documents in the Maduro line. Uh, they're releasing it now in that Candela line, which is the uh, fourth size doing of a Candela. This cigar is actually floated around already. Um, if you, uh, it was an exclusive cigar up to a cigar called uh, the Vault in uh, Idaho. I think that's what Sean Miles, our friend, is kind of associated with that. So they had it as a store exclusive file, and now Dion is offering it as a PCA trade show exclusive at the trade show. You have to be there, get that candela. Sorry about that. <laughs> I actually, I actually heard that from the other office. Yeah, Even you I, 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 had to, I had to hit the mute real quick. Yeah. I knew that would blow the speakers. Yeah. I gotta tell you, yeah, Illusion is actually one of the. I've had their candelas. It's actually one of the candelas that I've enjoyed. I'm not a big candela guy, but they do a good job with theirs. Wasn't the they whole thing the candela? Yep. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, they yeah. they do a good job. They give it a nice balance. Anything I never else. knew he had a candela. I would. I I'll smoke candelas all day long. I like them. His are really good. Uh, he's got a Robusto, a Churchill, uh, the Lancero. Now the, this Corona Gore is coming out. Can I so, tease something? Uh, can I tease something during your segment, Coop? It's your. It's not. This is not this the segment. Coop show, it's so our show. The, the, so yeah. It's actually, I, yeah, I don't. You're allowed to do I just, that. As long I just, as it's not associated with cigar-coop.com. I, I just, I just okay. find it more fulfilling when I could tease something while Coop is on. Yeah. During his segment, it's like more. I feel for it more. He starts twitching. Well, there will be a release sometime hopefully this year of a micro blend that will have the first candela in it ever Ooh, ever Can you say with who nope no. oh come on man that's called the teaser that's the teaser right <laughs> and Listen, it, it, I, I it will have it will have candela in it hobby. it won't be a candela cigar oh okay okay uh. we, 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 we've been busy boys here in the back offices of smoke in Got a lot of lot of shit. Uh, look, I was back there uh, in your office a few weeks ago. Uh, I can attest to that. Busy, <laughs> the things I saw busy, in your office, like, well, you got this." <laughs> yeah. Busy, busy boys. 
What else you got going on, Coop? Um, not a PTA release, but uh, um, a release that everyone uh, looks forward to every year. Crown Heads, the Las Calaveras Edition Limitada 2021 was announced this week. Um, and if you're really, like, they can, that's a release they do every year. It honors um, the year. It's kind of honored it's homage to those who passed away. Um, it's going to come out in July. And every year that cigar kind of features a different wrapper and they do some different sizes of it. So this year, the 2021 edition is going to be a Sumatra wrapper. Um, and that's the first time they put Sumatra on the Las Calaveras line. Um, it's going to be released in four sizes, 6x48, a 5x50, a 5 quarter by 54 And for you Lancero lovers, it's going to be a 6x40 size available that will only be available in a sampler packet that will contain each of those sizes. So um, you can expect to start seeing those come to the stores next month. Interesting. Yep. So uh, and if and they always the color of the bands is kind of always the interesting thing with that right. they change it up this year it's like a yellow they're using like a Casey Aldumani yeah you don't have to answer him Casey I mean ignoring him Did, you know Jeff Jeff I guess sorry I'm interrupting you Coop but Casey yeah, the, uh, the, the, the 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 always gentlemanly guy if you ask a not smart question I'm just gonna ignore it and if you ask it again I'm not gonna answer because I ignored you the first time but now to answer your question Jeff Walsh who wants us to do our date. Uh, we were having a Davidoff, like 60 person socialite invite only like virtual experience on November, on June 29th. And Jeff keeps asking me, why is it on November 30th? Why is it on November 30th? Well, Jeff Davidoff didn't offer us that window to do the event. What's so November please 30th? feel free. I don't know. Winston Churchill's birthday or I don't know. But feel free to call Davidoff at 813-513-7560 and ask Davidoff why they didn't want oh, to do God. these events in November. <laughs> Jeff's Car- dying to get on the show. Carry on, Coop. All right. Uh, last story. This one uh, is a joint uh, project um, being done by five cigar companies. So, you know, Honduras had a tough year last year. They uh, they had the two two hurricanes come through the area. Uh, they had the COVID pandemic they were dealing with, and uh, there were a lot of people affected, and there was a lot of people in need. So five companies have teamed up for a sampler pack, um, and it's a six-cigar sampler pack, and it's going to help raise funds to you know help people with medicine, supplies, food, etc. So uh, the, the, the five companies are Oscar Valadares, Rocky Patel, Leaf by Oscar, Nova, Platinum Nova Cigars, and Cavalier Cigars. Um, and, the, and the sampler pack will feature the Oscar Wild Hunter, the 2012 by Oscar, Leaf by Oscar, Nova Platinum Batch, Cavalier Geneva White Series, and the Rocky Patel Sungrown. So uh, you can expect to start seeing those hit the stores pretty soon. Yeah, I saw that. That's interesting. Anything we're going to have uh, we're going to have Sebastian on KMA next. Is it next week from Cavalier? Well, did I don't he know. Back, did he get back? To, yeah, Paul. Is it? A, you're the one who was supposed to finalize, and we can move First to the 19th. I texted your entire staff except for Alex. I guess they all know. Your graphics guys know. Your assistant knows. Everybody knows that he's on. Oh, so he is on the nineteenth. Yeah, he's a he's got a really interesting. I guess I, him on I, guess I should very read the bottom story. of the outline. What was that, Coop? He's got a very interesting story. How he entered the cigar business. Probably one of the more unique ones. Did he lose a bet? Speaking of which, somebody owes me a ten dollar bill. You got a ten dollar bill in your pocket, young man. You got change. I will make change. My Again? man. Again? Alex, don't learn. 
degenerate, bro. I'm a degenerate. Do we want to share it? Because I don't mind sharing this one. No, we don't share any all of a sudden. All right, we're going to share mine. He's fucking bills in. We're going to share mine all of a sudden. A tradition. No, we're not breaking tradition. I lost the bet as usual. As <laughs> usual. How much what, money? Wait, hold on. What's, 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 what's your motto, you like giving him money? It's what's a numbers game, bro. Eventually you're going to hit. Eventually it's going to hit. It's my lottery. You know, some people pay the lottery. I just bet with eight. Oh, fuck, it's a dollar, it's ten dollars. I don't care. Listen, that one started out with a yeah, dollar. He doubled he doubled down twice. Yeah, we did. He doubled down right, twice. You're really confident, huh? Oh Wayne. I might be in the lead. I might be in the lead. I got I might, I, I, I might scroll through this to see how many Alex's I got. I might be in the lead. I might be close to ten. I might be in the lead. And I owe one. That's an Alex. Wow. That's an Alex. Wow. Off the bat. Italo, Italo. Ooh, another out. Wow, you might be in the lead. Might be in the lead, dude. You I don't really care. I'll throw the bet out. I don't care. So what? Let's do it. Yeah, sure, I'll bet. <laughs> fuck. That's the problem. Everybody's like, oh, everybody's like, no, I don't want to bet. No, fuck it. I'll bet. The best The best one was the last, the one before, where I literally told him, dude, I just got off the phone with the rep. It's not that company. And he still decided to bet me. Yeah, sober guy shouldn't make bets about booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Going going through these, there's a lot of Briggs. He may still have the lead. He was he was the one that had the most with you, right? Yeah, uh, he may still have the lead going through this. There's a lot of Briggs over here. Alex, have you won one yet? No, not yet, man. He's waiting wow. to pop. Ooh, look what I just came across. Oh, wow. that's my handwriting. That's not my handwriting. Oh, there you go. No, yeah. I wrote yeah. your name on it because when you guys signed them, I can't remember who the hell it is. So <laughs> that's, I, have to I think actually... that's the only one you have of mine. Uh, I did, I did don't, have one. don't make me prove you wrong. Oh, there's another Alex. Alex, you got quite a stash here. I haven't, I haven't even gone. Through. Alex got quite a stash over here. Is this the first $10 that you lost? Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Ten's an odd. No, we usually don't bet ten. It's usually a one or a five. Yeah, it's it like you were getting caught. We, we doubled down. We doubled down. Oh, he was confident about this one. He thought for sure he had a winner. He actually set his own over and under, which really wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, even if you, bit. even if you set it way higher, you still were going to lose. So, Abe changed the bet, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, those guys. That's usual. Anything else you got going on, Coop? Run this, this week. Run for this week. There's two O's and two, Ron, but we'll we'll discuss that later. <laughs> Coop, anything? Coop, yeah, anything I, for our guest, Coop. You always, always have some insight that we miss or something. Something you want to ask Benjamin. Yeah, Ben, you know, I know when we had when I had you on the show, uh at the time you would launch the uh the block, the soapbox, and uh, the home. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is that you you've come out now with three other lines since then. But you did something kind of cool. You actually took toll names from the old the old soapbox brand. You made them into their own lines. What kind of went into that a little? Um, I, mean, I, th I thought that you know with the names, they all they fit pretty well together, right? Um, yeah. Rant raid, tirade, uh, kind of rhyme a little bit, um, <clears throat> and the idea behind them. So I, I wanted to just highlight them and give them their own uh, platform, you know. Um, and it, it's. It, you know, I'm growing my portfolio and I thought it would just, you know, it gave me another excuse to kind of uh, do a little throwback to uh, the old dissident days, but also play with some new new tobacco and new blends um, that I, I, I really liked. And uh, it just gave me that a great avenue to, to do it. Um, and that's what I'll be highlighting at the show this year is Ram Raven Tirade. Since they didn't get their show last year, 
I want to kind of put them on display um, for everybody. They did really well last year. They're doing great this year. Um, and uh, have some some ideas for them later in the future as well. Yeah, and you uh, actually the race here, Connecticut. Um, I mean, I think that's fantastic. It's a fantastic blend, and I think it's like really a, a Connecticut people need to pay pay some attention to right now. I think what you've done with that one is fantastic. So I want to call that one out. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's that that one seems to be uh, everybody loves a you know a good Connecticut. That one's really, I think, is the one leading the pack in 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 those three. Uh, and I have, you know, like I said, I have some ideas with it. Hopefully, maybe next year, uh, do some line extensions on those as well. That, that's good. And then you were playing with some, like, other things. Like, I know you haven't played a lot with, like, Dominican tobaccos. And those blends were each playing a little bit with the Dominican tobaccos that are in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I like Dominican tobacco. You know, even though we, we make things out of Nicaragua, um, uh, Obeya Negro is able to get some really good quality Dominican. Um, really love Dominican Piloto. And, uh, uh, that's what I want. I, I want, this was kind of a, a way for me to kind of highlight that a little bit in the, in those blends. Okay. And then for folks who may not be familiar with like this rant, rave and tirade, uh, like high level, what, you know, what kind of cigars you expect rapper wise, stuff like that. Uh, with, like you said, with the rave, uh, it's Connecticut, Ecuadorian Connecticut on it. Uh, the rant is, uh, uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf and then on the uh, tirade, uh, using San Andreas. Very nice, very nice. Now, Benjamin, we had a question earlier on. What's what's the MSRP range of of your line? Uh, it's it's in that eight dollar to eleven dollar range. The most expensive one I have is the limited edition Home, which comes out at fourteen. Uh, I only do that once a year, and that's just because of the availability of that tobacco. There's some uh, harder to get tobacco that I have to go into it, but uh, everything is right in that 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 sweet spot that average uh price range msrp wise cool oh, yep. uh, all right gentlemen are you two ready for your number oh. two reveal of tale of the tape uh, season two tale of the tape you guys ready yeah I'm let's ready. do it Hold let's on, see who it is paul's oh. not ready of course of course not all right here we go All right, continuing the countdown of our top 10 greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Coming in at number nine for me is The Undertaker. Um, Undertaker stood the test of time, been around, still relevant. Um, guy had great finishers between the choke slam and the tombstone. Kind of hits all the marks, man. Had a great mystery about him coming out. Great managers. Um, what the hell was his manager's name? God, I can't even remember. I should have had my notes. Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. But who I don't – yes, Paul Bearer. But, um, you know, here's a guy who had legendary matches, the cage matches. And from what I understand, it was essentially for the longest time the gatekeeper of the locker room. He was like the locker room leader um, for the WWF. Go ahead, Coop. Yep. All right, so my name is a name from the past, and it's main, many folks may not know, but it's uh, Nick Bockwinkle. So Nick Bockwinkle was a wrestler in primarily known in the Midwest, in the uh, Minnesota area, in the American Wrestling Association. This guy was a great champion. Um, he great scientific wrestler. He was like he he really psyched his opponents out when you do those uh, promo interviews. Um, he fought. I mean, 
Hulk Hogan and him had some wars when Hulk before Hulk Hogan came to the WWF. Hulk Hogan had some wars, and Bachwinkle always seemed to kind of get the best of him there. Um, this is a guy, you know, like I said, he also beat Vern Gagne, a, a legendary uh, champion as well. So Nick Bachwinkle is my ninth choice. That's one I'm not familiar with, man. Gonna have to go, go, go. He he was a guy that you know, look in the '80s, you'd have to kind of get a lot of these AWA matches on VHS tape. But I'd follow the wrestling magazines, and, and Nick Bockwinkle was always on the cover of those with Flair and then eventually Hogan. So Nick Bockwinkle, I think if he came around about eight or nine years later, he would have been a superstar name. Didn't Nick Bockwinkle have, like, a show with a flying squirrel? Nick Bockwinkle, Bockwinkle was actually his name. So it wasn't like he had this, like, wrestling name they came up with. How long ago was this, Coop? Uh, he was uh, 70, like 1970 to 1987 was his heyday. So I'm going to make a suggestion here. I think when you guys complete your top 10 list, we have a special guest come on to analyze your top 10s. Is I think it Jeff Walsh? No, I think we should get no, Jeff. Jeff Walsh is dead to me. Jeff Walsh is dying. To <laughs> He's get dead. Jeff Walsh is dead to me. He called me a <laughs> cheater. He's dead to me. I think we should get Derek Dukes. Derek Dukes. Yeah. I know. Uh, smoking socialite. Long time smoking yeah. fan. We should get Derek Dukes to come on for a special segment just to give his critique of both your top tens. I, I love it. I think that would make a great finish for this oh, season. He'd be too, all about it, too. Of Tale yeah, of the Tape. And he'd have a lot to add. I, yeah. I, I saw The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I think it was Bret Hart in a triple threat match in Pittsburgh when I was a kid. Wow. And Undertaker won that one. Of course. Well, I got. I got to tell you this. This uh, send me that graphic, Alex, so I can make a post. But yeah. this season two has stirred up a lot more discussion on KMA than the boxing season. Absolutely. Everybody seems to be very into their opinions on the top ten pro wrestling yeah. of all time. Great season two pick. Yeah, and by the way, Alan for fake Alan Rubin, I am not putting the million dollar man Ted DiBiase on the list. <laughs> why ruin his? Why why bust his bubble now? You could have strung him on for eight. I, I already told him. I already told him. Like, I said, the guy never had a championship. <laughs> I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him today or the last couple of days on Smoking Social. I saw somebody. Yeah, did a, he's he's he around. Did a he, yeah, he's okay. He's he's alive and kicking. I, 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 think, actually, I, think, I, I think Alex might have gotten to him. <laughs> well, I can notice he's not in the smoking social. <laughs> he, he made a comment the other day, and I was like, "Oh man, you're just asking for more tags and smoking social." <laughs> yeah. right. right, there I mean, he, he is. is. He's he's in the he's he Alan is one of the most loyal listeners we got, man. He really he is. He is. You know, yeah, he is. He is. When we did our show live here because we started out doing it live right. in Boynton Beach um, when we when we first opened the store. Alan was in the audience every Saturday. Yeah. Every Saturday. Have you guys Wait. met any of your other wrestlers on your top ten? Um, I I have not. The only wrestlers that I I never really met any of the like big big guys. The only wrestlers I ever met was uh, some of the ECW guys because a lot of those were local Philly guys. I met Hulk Hogan in uh, Denver Airport once, Colorado. I, I was I was a youngin. I didn't meet him, but I saw him when I was a kid. We moved to we were moving to Japan when my mom got stationed there, and in the Tokyo airport. This is and this was a few months before he passed away. We saw Andre the Giant. Oh wow! And, uh, you know, was he a giant? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was. And and Japanese people are kind of you know they're 
small, so you definitely notice this dude walking yeah. in the airport. Yeah. I, I can't I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been real sports or something, but my wife because my wife loves that show. It's such an odd show for my wife to love, but she loves real sports with Brian Gumble. But great show. Whole, watch I think they did a, a thing on Andre the Giant. No, I no, I think it was oh, yeah, his yeah. own. I think it was his own HBO documentary. I don't was think it was really, yeah, yeah, it was man. his own. It was yeah, really. I very, that. very I sad that. to watch, man. Yeah. He really suffered. Yeah. I've uh, yeah. I've known you know on and off for years Mick Foley actually he's a Long Islander and he used to come to games when I when I worked for the Long Island Ducks and I've done a little bit with his stand up he's invited me to do some bits with him he's a he's a cool guy but asking him questions and who about Paul him, is utterly afraid to ask to come on the show <laughs> for some reason really we've talked about this numerous times Paul brought him up why not ask him afraid to ask what is he gonna say no give him a mandible claw. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He might hit, he hit the, don't ask him in person. <laughs> listen, I I love Mick. He's such a great guy, but he is listen. He's beat down. Like I, you, their bodies really suffer. I mean, we're not asking. What, what is Kid or... May a physical? Uh, yeah, is he yeah. gonna be? What are we gonna put him in a ring? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about it later. He, he's I was a, a big he's fan a of him. Guy. He's a family yeah. guy, and he. I mean, I'll ask him again. I have asked him in the past. And what did he say? He didn't say no, but he, you know, it, it's a long, it's a long conversation. But I'll reach, I'll reach out to him again, especially he while is. we're doing this. I was hoping yeah, that he has direct ties to my number ten pick, Terry Funk, Cactus Jack. Come on, I was hoping that uh, that he'd be on the on. The, wait, Cactus Jack is not on your. Oh, you're saying to the to your. But I mean, is uh, that's my question? Is he going to be on the list? If he's going to be on the list, then I gotta imagine he'd come on. He better be on somebody's <laughs> list. You gotta be right. We don't, don't give know. away the list. Paul. Was was, was anybody a fan of the Von Erichs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was huge fan of them. Dude, like, didn't they like all die tragically? Yeah, dude, yeah, I'm telling one. you, I always say this: one, if, one. if 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 you have uh, Vice, Vice, the Vice Channel at home, there is an excellent series called The Dark Side of Wrestling. Great, yeah, you gotta um, watch this. Mm-hmm. Fantastic series. It's all documentary based, and they have one on the Von Eric. They have them on everybody, but it's it's that the whole other side of wrestling, you know, that we don't hear about. You know, who died, who got killed, who was on coke, and you know, all the good shit that you know kind of ruins our childhood. Well, that's like that, that movie, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. That was a that was a good movie. Yeah, or Beyond the Mat when they you know went with uh, Jake the Snake. I Man, that was sad right. because he was like one right. of my idols growing up too. Right. You know? yeah. right. Yeah. Right. But they did a great one on the Von Eric save. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Man. Yeah, great. I was really well into Von Erichs growing up. I mean, David, when I was growing up, we all thought David was gonna be the next great champion, and he was like the first one to die, and then they slowly, really all died. Yep. All right. Well, that was uh, week two of Tale of the Tape season two, and uh, check in with us next week to see who makes number seven. No, ten, nine, eight, eight, eight. Number eight. Number eight. Weeks. All right. In normal, traditional KMA fashion, it's time to end our weekly Saturday morning with nothing other than who belongs in a Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. One of my questions is, where did they get that picture of me? And I think Abe and Alex are frozen, by the way.
but I don't know where the hell that picture is from. I they just showed up with it one day, and, I, and <laughs> guys, I, I was wondering that myself. I thought, you know, I was wondering who did that. Dude, that's not a it's not a promo picture of any kind. I don't know if we're gonna get Abe back, so I guess in the meantime, I will. Yeah, their internet. He, wow, his yeah. inter- internet's out. Wow, okay, Abe. So I'll, no, I'll Abe, do this. All right, so this week's inductee really wanted to ditch the cops. Florida man John Henry James III, 36, is facing a slew of charges after a 40-minute high-speed chase when he tried to shake Indian River County Sheriff's deputies with a baby in the car. On the evening in question, a deputy tried to pull James over in Vero Beach, but he sped off and refused to pull over. Video shows him driving his white SUV into a police vehicle dodging roadblocks and even running over a set of stop sticks that didn't disable his vehicle as they were intended to do so. James led the police through residential neighborhoods in a high-speed chase, doing everything he could to ditch them. Finally, deputies followed him to an apartment complex, blocked the entrance, and James had nothing else to do but ditch the car, tried to get away on foot, holding the baby in his arms. In an attempt to get away from the officers on foot, according to police and witness accounts, he threw the baby overhand right into an officer's arms to distract him. The officer caught the baby. The baby was unharmed. And the uh, criminal, James, ran the other way. Wow. How low can you get? Yeah. Fortunately, he was caught and brought to justice later that evening. Congratulations, Mr. James. You're this week's inductee to the Cigar Insane Asylum. Wow. And uh, I don't have they, the paper. I was going to throw out a paper like Abe did. but uh Yeah. They they actually re- released video of it, but I guess for uh, for purposes of uh, you know censorship, they 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 took out the part where he threw the baby. But the the, the cop that caught the baby was uh, in an interview saying that you know obviously what could I do? I, I couldn't I couldn't I grabbed the baby. I caught him. I don't know how I caught right. him, but they threw the baby overhand at him. No word. They they haven't released whether or not it's his baby or not. But uh, oh, here we go. We got them back. Had to, go, had to go mobile. Here, turn your phone the other way so that it doesn't look funky. There you go. All right. Well, we just so, did the Cigar Insane Asylum. I just read it. I, I I didn't get to pre-read it, but I caught a glimpse. It was a Vero Beach guy. It, I don't think he was from Vero Beach, but he was so, originally. They tried to stop and pull him over in Vero Beach, but oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, there you go, Quentin. The old catch the baby trick and run. <laughs> but they got him anyway. <laughs> Uh, can you hear us all right paul yeah Yeah. we can hear that all right well we're gonna close out the show we hope you enjoyed this saturday morning uh we hope we entertained you for a couple hours i can't get you i'm trying to get you out there you go all right there you go go. yeah so uh join us next week as we have sebastian de kapitoff of cavalier cigars until then keep it lit thank you benjamin for coming on the show Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Take care, Benjamin.